The opinions and viewpoints expressed in this podcast represent those of the participants and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Metadata Solutions. This podcast has been created for general information and educational purposes only. This podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You're listening to Clinical Minds presented by Metadata, a Dassault Systems company. I'm Alicia Staley. And I'm Kelly McKee. In recent years, the clinical research industry has seen an increased demand to involve patients in the clinical trial process, not only as trial participants, but also as decision makers in trial planning and design phases. And as the industry adapts to new ways to simplify the patient journey and an ever-increasing focus to integrate patient-centric approaches, it's critical to ensure that patient-centricity isn't just a buzzword and better clinical outcomes are achieved. Today, we're speaking with Paul Chang, VP of Design at Metadata, to discuss why design is such an integral part to being truly patient-centric. Paul, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in improving patient experiences in clinical trials. Sure. Yeah. Um, I guess it's been a bit of a, a winding road for me. You know, when I was a young child, I was always interested in art and design. They didn't have all the the great stuff they have these days, all the uh, cool tools and World Wide Web. So there weren't a lot of choices for someone interested in design. So I took a route of uh, mechanical engineering, and I thought that was probably the most creative thing that I could do. So, I mean, the reason I mentioned that is because, you know, with the recent emphasis on design, back then, design was more of a problem-solving type of discipline, and that's that's always how I've thought about it. So um, how did I get in? you know, involved in patient experience and clinical trials, it first started looking at all sorts of design problems. And, um, you know, when the World Wide Web came out and I'm dating myself, but back then, you know, there were all sorts of great ways to apply this new technology to many different problems. And I ended up going away from engineering and really getting into digital design. And so as an independent designer, I, I was looking at all sorts of problems and it didn't really matter to me. It was just that, you know, we had these great tools to to solve those problems. But then over time, you start doing project after project and and you evolve and you say, okay, what kind of problems do I really want to solve? And uh, there are lots of shiny apps out there that are coming out that are fun to play with, social apps and things like that. And and they're interesting, but there's nothing more fundamental than our health. And so as I moved forward and I was looking for things beyond the basic challenge of solving problems with design, you know, I wanted to do something really meaningful. So this was just like a, a natural evolution. And I happened to get connected with Anthony Costello about 10 years ago and his startup for these patient-centric technologies. And so he was one of my clients and just we've kept in touch over the years and it just made sense recently to to sort of join together and really take a, a closer look at it. So, so that's kind of how I ended up here. Well, shout out to um, dating ourselves with uh, computers and technology. I remember my first computer was a Commodore 64, um, got it in second grade. And uh, it was it was a special Christmas, I can tell you that much. We we had a Commodore sixty four. Um, I'm thinking about the the Atari consoles and Space mm-hmm. Invaders, and uh, you know I was trying to explain that to my kids the other day, and uh, yeah, I, they they weren't too exciting to them. We've come a long <laughs> way for sure. 
Alicia, what was your first computer or gaming system? Well, we we were definitely an Atari family, but we also had, a, I think it was a knockoff of the Apple computer, which was, I think it was called Acer. And because uh, we no one could uh, find or figure out how to actually purchase an Apple, but we were able to get our hands on an Acer. So we, we started out with Acers. <laughs> I don't even know what it is, but it sounds... <laughs> Sort of cool. <laughs> not as cool as an apple, maybe? Yeah, it was definitely not as cool as an apple. So, so uh, Paul, people throw out the terms UI, UX all the time. Can you explain it uh, to our audience uh, in, I'm going to say, layman's terms? Um, so what's UI, UX, and why should we care about it when we're designing clinical trial technology solutions? So UI is stands for user interface. And I would just describe that as anything that you come in contact with to interact and to perform actions. Uh, and uh, and so the most common thing where we think about is a, a screen. You know, you go to an ATM and you punch a few buttons. That's a user interface. But that could it could be broader. You know, any kind of buttons you push, anything you interact with to perform an action is a user interface. So then UX is uh, a broader term. It's it stands for user experience. And so that's bigger than just these different uh, screens that we interact with. It's the overall process that you go through uh, and the way that you use a product. And maybe even a more broad term is that people don't often talk about, but it's the idea of service design. And you can think about entering a hotel room and you may check in at a kiosk or you may talk to someone at the desk and then you may go to your room and order room service. That's the, that's the service they provide. And so all those all those things are also designed and so you can go a step further and think about, you know, design beyond things like our apps and our computer screens and think about how do we make the whole experience a good one for, for our product or our service. So in thinking of all these user interfaces and user experiences, particularly when we're talking about the clinical trial experience, uh, you, you know, we've had the opportunity to work together now for a number of years at, at metadata and you know before you came to metadata and you've been really integral in in bringing design studios or the concept of the design studio to metadata can you share with our audience a little bit about what these are and what makes them so special well sure i mean i first say that the person i'm talking to has been the most integral and i've really appreciated working with you on it and and just watching you bring this together at metadata so you know, the, the patient advocates that we're able to come in contact with on a monthly basis has been an experience that most designers don't get, don't always get the chance to have. You know, we talk about being able to talk to our user, the users of our products and how helpful that would be. And, and that's ideal, but a lot of times um, there are challenges around that. So, so yeah, so first, thanks for giving us the opportunity. So just backing up to UX UI, you know, the, the U in it, the user is really what designers are trained to think about. You know, that's kind of we're hardwired to start with the user and their needs and their goals. A lot of times, I mean, that seems very obvious, but a lot of times when we're designing products, we sort of think we know what the user wants and we make a lot of assumptions and we internalize a lot of our own feelings. So that's called self-referential design. And it's something that's very natural and something that a lot of us engage in, even myself, you know, when you're in a hurry. It takes a lot longer to go out and talk to people, but that's pretty dangerous because there are so many different types of users out there. 
um, and especially in in uh, in what we're doing with patients, um, it's very hard to empathize with someone that you have not experienced uh, the same things they have, whether it's their disease state or uh, the things that they've gone through in a hospital setting that many of us haven't. So these design studios are a way for us to to get firsthand experience and to be able to talk to patients, uh, to be able to talk to our, even customers or, or our clients to to get their perspective. You know, without talking about the details of these workshops, the the general idea is to get as many different perspectives in a room at once to get a diversity of thought, so we can come up with solutions that actually address our patients' needs and not just not just the needs that we think they think we think they have. It's amazing to to think that the industry hasn't embraced this idea in a bigger way. It's just what can we do to shed light on the patient experience, to understand the patient journey, and then how can we deliver solutions that makes it the most effective and efficient process for those patients. And and I think that you've been that the opportunity to have the patients work with you, you and the design team have really given us the opportunity to to look at product development in a a new way in a new light. You know, just to say, like um, from the designer's perspective too, in our experience, I've I've brought designers in who who also are used to designing sometimes with limited knowledge, and and they come into these studios and, and hear the patient stories, and I can tell you, they come out of these sessions a completely different with a completely different outlook, a completely different attitude, and really appreciating you know, what their job is and, and the impact that their job has. So for the design team, it's been a really important experience for us. I think that's one of the things that truly sets metadata apart from others and that we take the time to really listen to customers, be it patients in this case, or sites or sponsors or CROs. And, and you know, it's it's not only one of those feel good things that makes you like feel like you're really part of creating something special, but it's allowing, ultimately, um, allowing individuals to have a better experience um, when they're involved in a clinical trial. Paul, could you give us some um, examples of your favorite insights or favorite things that have come out of um, the design studios? I'm sure you've got a million of them, but maybe just the first couple that come to mind. I think it goes back to these, the kind of things that you wouldn't anticipate, the things you almost don't even think about just talking we talk a lot about patient burden and i thought one thing that came out of uh, a session where we were talking about just the day-to-day of how you participate in these trials and the things that you have to think about a lot of questions that could easily be answered there's simple questions like how do i park you know where do i park when i go to the site for my appointment how much is parking going to cost? Like I have to show up there every day, every week. Is it a $10 thing? Is it a $1 thing? Is it free? Like these are some of the things you would probably never think about when you're thinking about a patient experience. I'm thinking about, okay, the patient walks in the door to see the clinician. And that's where my brain starts to think about designing this experience. I didn't think back to the parking lot, you know, and and how much they have to pay and do they have to arrange for the their their child to be looked after during these times? There's there's things that you wouldn't think of until you actually um, you, you actually talk to real patients, and it just broadens broadens your um, your view. So that that kind of like financial burden, thinking how can we how can we give them a window into what to expect. A lot of it's messaging and managing their expectations. So I mean that's that's one that stands out. The others are more general, and talking to our 
are advocates about language. So um, one of the things that a lot of designers will do, they'll think about the interactions and they'll think about getting from A to B and the process, but a big part of design is how you speak to the patient in your applications or in your interfaces. And so the messaging that we go through with our, with our patient advocates, it's really eye-opening stuff that you would not normally flag. There's some strong reactions to them. Of course, our biggest one at MediData, where we're trying to, I don't know, I, I can't remember what your phrase was, but in, uh, referring to patients as subjects, uh, a lot of people do it. It's natural in a lot of ways when you're talking about running studies, um, but it's really um, it's really not a human-centered or a patient-centered way to uh, refer to them. Obviously, once once I mention that, people are, I'm sure are like, yeah, I wouldn't want to be called a subject either. Really, a lot of things around language and and language is a big part of design. You bring up a really good point that we have to be mindful of the way that we uh, interact, speak, and communicate with people that are, are end users when, when you're talking about the design perspective. And obviously in this case, a lot of the focus of, of what we're doing is for the patient and something as subtle as some might say, something as subtle as making a shift from referring to someone as a subject versus a patient, I think can can really change the, the tenor and the mindset that interaction and that conversation actually takes place in. So that's, thank you so much for sharing that. It's really good. One of my favorite questions to ask is, where do you see the future of design and clinical trial technologies actually going? What's the future state of, of where we can go with what you're trying to do, integrating design and design studios and design methodologies into this clinical trial lens, if you will? Healthcare traditionally is, um, is an industry that is a little slow to adopt for a number of good reasons and probably some bad reasons too. But um, so a lot of our work now is to really, you know, patients are living with their iPhones and their Android apps every day. They see great design and then they, they go over to the kind of things they have to interact with on a healthcare, on their healthcare apps. And they're, they're kind of behind, you know? So a lot of our work is basic. It's like, how do we, how do we improve our our experiences for our patients to bring them up to par with things they're used to. But it's, it is fun to think about the future. And, and we do that a lot at Medidata with, with our technologies. I mean, some things that come to mind, artificial intelligence, of course, everyone's talking about it's the big, it's the big hammer that's, that's really influencing just about every industry. At Medidata, we have AI activities, but then we have them coupled with things like sensors and devices. And so we've started to bring data in together in a way that it gives us these amazing tools to draw insights for the benefit of the patient. So from the design standpoint, we're always thinking of those technologies as our toolbox. So how can we use them to make the patient experience better? So an idea like a, with AI and synthetic control arms where you no longer have to subject a patient to being part of a placebo group, which is a, it's a tough place to be for a patient. To me, that's an amazing future technology. Those kind of ideas and how can we get more personalized about you know, our solutions for, for different patients instead of sort of these broad strokes that we can do, we can start to use our intelligence and our, our data to, to become more focused and more specific. One of my personal interests is with AI and it's kind of 
we've grown up with AI in our science fiction, there's a big issue around trust. So we see like robots going rogue and Terminator and taking over and uh, it backfiring on us. So I think that as designers, one of the big things we can do is as all these kind of technologies are emerging, we can bridge that gap. You know, they are useful, but we need to assure the patient and we need to reassure them that the kind of things that they are getting themselves into are safe, their data is safe, and they'll be used for good. So I think that's a huge a huge thing to think about for designers is, is bridging that gap. Well, Paul, I never thought we'd be talking about robots today, um, but I'm glad we did. <laughs> um, and um, I'm really excited about the, the future of design and clinical trial experiences and um, the magic that we can certainly weave together. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your insights um, and your expertise. And for more information on Patient Cloud, please visit www.metadata.com. This has been Clinical Minds presented by Metadata. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. We particularly like the five-star reviews. And we'd love to hear from you. See you next time. Thanks so much, everyone.